What is up, Sox Nation? Up and down week for the boys. They finish up strong against the Rays, take two out of three from the Jays, and things get heated down in Baltimore. All that and more this week on Red Sox Rap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Mike Conley coming in via the phone lines from Atlanta. What's up, Mike? Can you hear us out there, brother? Sure can, Denny. Ha, ha. How What's you doing, up, big friend? man? Doing we'll all right. Hearing that tune for a while. I guess not. Old Petey, I don't know. We haven't heard the MRI results yet, but things got a little heated down in Baltimore. What did you think about that action? To be honest with you, when I first saw it, I didn't, it was pretty. It was pretty tame. I thought, and, you know, I didn't think he did it out of malice. Right. So, quite frankly, I kind of think the Red Sox are overreacting about this whole thing. And you know, I mean, and like Remdog hit upon it, you know, and when he played, or even like ten years ago, that's a very commonplace play and doesn't even ruffle a feather. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the all these new rules. I'm all for play a you know safety and all that jazz i know that about but it's you like i know that about you it, it, <laughs> it's like i mean it's it, it, this 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 is uh you know i, I think the, the pussification of america what everybody's talking about yeah know? i mean it, I, I see it is. definitely i think Remdog was kind of the voice of most fans watching the game and even pedroy himself after the incident which i want to say was wednesday where uh if any of you guys didn't see it machado slid into second base and it it looked like it was incidental, but he did. You know, he came in with he came in late. He came in with a high leg, and it ended up injuring Pedroia. He spiked him, and also now Pedroia is due for an MRI. So, um, obviously, the end result is not great. But both Pedroia and Machado kind of handled things with class. Um, you can't really knock either one of them for it. Um, but obviously, now it kind of it's not a great look for the Sox today. After you know, Machado gets the chin music. I mean, it ended up not hitting him also. So sort of. A little knock on them is like it's, it's never a good look to throw to dude's head, but I mean also like, I mean the ball hit the dude's bat, so let's not get too carried away with it either, you know. That's true. Yeah, I think it happened Friday night, unless uh, unless the Sox and O's are playing one of those six game series. Was that Friday night? Oh yeah, I mean the only it was Friday. It was Friday. You're right. You're right. But hey, you know? uh, yeah, I mean, and then like Pedroia even said, like got his attention. And like mouth the words, it's not me. Right. I couldn't you know? tell if Machado was sent, sign, like sending over gang signs at him after that. Did you notice that? Oh boy. No, I don't think it was. Is but he Aaron Hernandez pocket. <laughs> oh. It's possible. Too soon. Too, too soon. It could be too soon. It could be too soon on that front. But either way, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I I think based on the exchange that you could pick up from those new mics that old. Uh, Rem Dog and the gang won't stop talking about it too. I mean, you could basically hear the exchange, you know, at least Pedroia's side of it, and he was saying it's not me, as you said. And I mean, certainly, and who knows if the intention was to throw at his head? I, I doubt that it was, you know. Um, but yeah, he got his revenge there with the, uh, you know, certainly they they dropped the game, but came through with a big solid RBI double there afterwards. So it is what yeah. it is. I mean, thank God to to avoid the sweep and stuff, but. If Farrell was saying like, "Oh, it was like he tried to throw a two seamer or something, and it got away with him," but I mean, yeah, right. It, that just happened. Happen. 
you know, when Machado's in the box. Right, clearly he meant so to throw quick. inside. I mean, whether or not he meant to go that high with it, uh, who knows, yeah. who knows. But, I yeah, mean, I mean, it's... not personally... Go ahead. He's not personally going to, like, purposely throw at the guy's head, but, right. you know, it, it's more uh, more uh, likely that he was aiming at the dude's shoulder... And, right. you know, went up to, like, you know, head and behind the head, as opposed to, oh, yeah, I meant to put it on the inside corner, and then uh, right. it went, uh, you know, 10 feet out of the way. Slipped right at his but, dome. Yeah, exactly. You know, and plus, like, Pedroia, it's like he's the leader now. There is no more Poppy. It's like if yeah. he's got no problem with it, if he realizes it's a hard play, just let everybody know in that dugout that don't retaliate. You know? Right, and I don't know if you saw it. In the aftermath of this game, I think – for one thing, this is going to continue to uh, to develop over the season. I don't know about you, but Showalter definitely – the guy loves to grind our gears. That's for damn sure. He's always talking, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but there's already some commentary he's pouring in from uh, from Baltimore. Um, let's see here. I got it. Let me pull it up slowly here. But uh, Britton with some comments about it. He doesn't like what uh, – he basically was calling out – I can't pull it up, but he was, he was calling out Pedroia for not having control of his own team essentially so yeah and i I just think it's it's gonna be you know especially we'll see if the Orioles can keep up i mean they came in as one of the hottest teams in the league i think they still have among the best if not the best record if i'm not mistaken but um i mean i think it's gonna be an interesting season especially if both teams are are competing for it and it's always interesting with show walter running things over there he seems to have it out for the boys i mean don't get me wrong i like anything that lights a fire and a little spark in an intra-division rivalry is right. this one. But it's like it, it's also nice to be on the kind of the right side of the argument, and I don't feel like we are in this instance. And, you know, I yeah, mean, you're right about that. I, I, I guess I'm just kind of copying exactly what Zach Britton said because I kind of agree with him that, that PD's, if, if, you know, he's got no problem with it, make sure everybody in that, that dugout has no problem with it because you're, you're starting to make a problem when maybe there isn't one. So, yeah. now, hey, if it's a, if it's a tactic – you know, and, uh, you know, like when I get you out on the hoop course and I try and make you mad because you don't play very well when you're mad. So maybe they feel right. that way uh, about the Orioles. I right. don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't necessarily feel the Sox are on the right. That said, I don't know. I'm not 100% on board with you as far as you and Britain, I guess, old old buddies, um, as far as Pedroia's role in it, just because – I don't know. It seems more like, you know, how how much of a, a say in any of that stuff does he have? I, I don't imagine that they're going to him and saying, hey, do you want us to get this dude back? Or maybe they are. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not well-versed enough in that stuff. But it seems like it was more of a top-down thing. Farrell voiced his dis- displeasure with it, you know, Friday night um, after the game, after the injury, which makes sense. I mean, regardless of how we feel about the rule, et cetera, he did – it was kind of a ugly play, and he did get injured. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it Obviously, it's spiraling out of control, but I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing more of this stuff over the course of the season because it's going to get juicy. It's going to get juicy. You know, th- now that I'm thinking more about it, Denny, maybe, you know, John Farrell is that pulling the strings on all of this stuff because he knew that until that Baltimore Orioles series came up, I was going to totally lambaste him for taking Chris Sale out of that game. There you go. And, you know, he's just trying to, he's just trying to like smooth it over, like, you know, play a little diversion tactics. Right. You're talking about, appreciate. you're talking about Thursday's game where we, uh, 
we beat the Jays in extra innings. Farrell ended up pulling Sale, who's let's talk about Sale for a minute. I mean, this guy, the the comparisons to Pedro right now are are completely legitimate. The dude has 13 Ks over eight innings on Thursday, no earned runs, four hits, one walk, and Farrell decides to pull him. I mean, I think he had just come over a hundred pitches at that point, but Farrell pulls a Farrell, and I mean, luckily he gets ends up getting bailed out. But this 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 is an Eduardo Rodriguez. This is Chris Sale, right? You know, so him going over a hundred pitches that don't mean shit. This guy's an ace, right? You know, his his hundred pitches is probably about a hundred and fifteen. That's right. when you start worrying about him. And he was mowing them down he sure in that was. eighth inning. He sure you was. Know? So you get the 102 pitches. You know, it's it's a one nothing game. We all know Greg Kimbrell is a hot attack. Right. You know, he's still got the shutout. He's mo- People aren't touching him at all. You, get, you, you owe it to that guy. I mean, you put him out there, and he either gives up a run, or right. gets to 115, 120 pitches, and then you pull him when that happens. But before Absolutely. then, it should be his. His the he was a class act about it in the, in the uh, post game, but you know, fool me once, deep, deep down, oh, he, there was steam coming out. Of the no question. I'm. I mean, if the game turned out a different way, I wouldn't have been surprised to see some destruction of property uh, going down. We all know Chris Sale's past, and he's an intense dude out there. <laughs> How refreshing is it to see a guy like this dominant? Though I, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I mean. We've had some great pitchers over the years, you know, since Pedro. But I, I don't even think Lester at at his most dominant. He certainly he's you know an elite pitcher. But I mean, Chris Sale, this is this is the stuff that you know puts butts in seats. This dude is dirty. No question. He um, we we talked we got into it a little bit last week of how it's a, appointment television or appointment ballpark sitting right. when this guy pitches. It's like. You know, when Pedro used to go out there, people would show up an hour before the game and watch his bullpen section. The whole friggin' section uh, 34 or whatever's out there right. behind the uh, bullpen would be jam-packed. Right. Like that once watching him throw at the beginning. And that's how it is. It's an event. And I can't, you know, Pedro and Clemens, and that's about it. No John Lester's, no Josh Beckett's. Nobody excited the, the crowd to be right. watching every fifth day. Right. Uh, you know, like like this guy and he's just sick and filthy and i know like probably boston sports is still uh you know got their head in the winter sports although not in hockey anymore but uh you know but they gotta give this guy uh, some some tv time every fifth day because he's incredible plus the fact just such a quick worker you know yeah that'll only be two hours and 40 minutes out of your day that's a nice change of pace too for the Sox. I mean, they've had some of the uh, more methodical guys out there on the on the bump these days in recent years. You know, yeah, very refreshing, very refreshing. But yeah, Mookie saved the day and bailed out Farrell. I mean, so I mean, I know we've talked about this over the years with Farrell. I mean, is this guy just prone to making bad decisions? Do you think, or is it does he get a bad name? Does it happen? What's your take on Farrell? Do you feel like? I mean, would we be better served with someone not named John Farrell at the helm? Yeah, I think that guy's name is Tori Luvello, who's now helming the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Right. Fair and enough. And I believe they're on top of their division, you know, Fair making enough. a little bit of a turnaround. 
he's going to have a turnaround. I mean, they didn't even win 70 ball games last year. Right. And that team's going to pro- probably win 80, mid 80s, 86. You know, that's going to be a hell of a turn turnaround for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I go back and forth on Farrell, but the one like glaring thing that shows up all the time is his handling of the pitches in the bullpen. That's the one that that really kind of shows up. Yeah, I mean, well, it's uh, a fairly significant part of the game, you know. And it yeah, seems oh yeah. like it oh yeah. seems like when the big decision is on the line, and it's time to make that move, it's. I mean, he at least I don't want to say he always makes the wrong decision, but oftentimes the guy makes a questionable decision. He's he's got plenty of head scratches to go around. There's no doubt. And about like that. that, also the head scratches didn't even stop there in that game, right? Because then he brings. Kimbrell out again to pitch tenth, right? With a full run lead, that was foolish. He shouldn't have done that. The guy had just come off of pitching three straight days, one off day, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have to go pitch two innings in, in a situation where someone else can take that inning on. You know, a Matt Bonds type or a Joe Kelly can be trusted in the tenth inning with a three run lead. I think they'd proved that in the early going here, right? And you know. But and you would have had Kimbrel available the very next day, you know, because mm-hmm. he would have only thrown the fifteen, sixteen pitches or whatever in that uh, that night. But so I thought that was, you know, two questionable calls there, and I, I, I guess I can understand where it's you, you err on the side of caution with Chris Sale because it's early in the season, right? You know, but but then you're kind of burning out Kimbrel. A hundred percent, yeah. And Kimbrel, I don't know where you stand on Kimbrel, but I mean, he's been pretty dang good so far this year. That was his first blown save, if I'm not mistaken. Ends up picking up the win yeah. on the day. But overall, as a Red Sox, I mean, do you feel like this guy has he taken a step back? Do you feel like he's just not as dominant? Or I just feel like there's more times than one would expect where he gets himself in in hot water, whether he escapes or not. Yeah, he. I was surprised to hear that before he blew that save, he had converted 25 straight. Yeah, same here. And that was very shocking to me. Because to me, yeah, the guy's a high wire act. Um, You know, I I think, like, the thing is, is, you know, it's a supply and demand game. And, you know, although he is a high wire act, what is this? Six closes that are better than him in the game? Right. Five? That's a fair point. You know? So, like, you know... Dombrowski knew he needed a closer and he got the best one he could available. For sure. You know, he's not, you know, 2014 Padres, uh, Craig Kimbrell. Right. But, you know, he's, he's still pretty good. But I mean, to me, it's when you look at it, Chris sale, who nobody even touched the previous inning and is at 102 pitches is better than Craig Kimbrell at zero pitches at that point. I'm with you on that. And it really just comes down to that. I mean, I think it's a, a, and how he can say, I'm going with Kimbrell. I, he just, like, gets into this situation where he just wants to put the game on autopilot. You know, he wants to have, have – he wants that – he craves that Kansas City Royals, you know, bullpen from a few years ago where it's just like, okay, I'm going to get my seventh-inning guy in there because right. he's my seventh-inning guy. And I'm going to sit back, put my feet up, because my eighth inning guy's getting ready, and then my ninth inning guy. And it's just like, mm, sometimes you have to think it through a little bit, buddy. Sometimes it's not that easy. It's not always that easy, that's for sure, especially when you don't have the pieces that fit the puzzle. Um, let me ask you a random question, and maybe you have the answer. 
But, I mean, there has been a plethora of day games. Am I wrong about that? Why so many day games so far this season? There was like a Yeah, f- there has been. Oh, I mean, usually April is kind of, is pretty heavy with them. Right. Um, the, you know, I think it's warmer during the day, and it's pretty cold in some northeastern cities, uh, you know, in April still. So right. I think they kind of do that. You know that that's why it's usual that the uh, the the Sox open on the road, right? And you know give Fenway another week and a half to maybe warm up a little bit. But it was odd that they started at Fenway this year. But um, yeah, so I think it's just just a case of um, you know um, the weather, I guess. But it also could be a situation where you know gone are the days where everybody and their mothers work in the Monday through Friday nine to five job, you know, right. it's like so many different vocations and so many hours that can be worked that it's like MLB looked at it as like, Hey, let's have a game on during the day. Cause we'll make some money. People will watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a fair point. Yeah. I mean, certainly the weather, a, was it Detroit that we ended up like the whole series felt like day games. I can't remember if it was Detroit. It was. Yeah. That one, um, specifically, I guess you didn't tune into that particular podcast, but uh, I was talking to, uh, actually, a, a mutual friend of ours uh, from the Detroit area. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jay. Uh, JT. And um, he was telling me that uh, that's an old Mike Illich thing where oh, okay. he would, assuming, because he owns the Tigers and the Red Wings. Okay. So it would be a situation like, Hey, bring them down for the baseball game. Keep them here for the hockey game. And, you know, that worked for, like, whatever, like 25 years straight. But right. old Detroit didn't quite the squad this year, and the Red Wings didn't make it for the first time in 26 or 27 years. So that one all backfired. Talk um, about your all-time I backfires. Got a, I, got, I got a little question for you uh, there, uh, Denny. Let's hear it. Uh, should, we, should we be worried about this? anemic offense, you know, that, that's kind of showing itself. Uh, you know, I think, oh, it's just going to take time to warm up, but there's a lot of guys, like, waiting on their first homer. And it's yeah. not like it's, you know, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan and Burt Blylevin that are, like, uh, you know, mowing us down. It's like Jason Aquino and, like, you know, yes. people off the, off the mid-tier shelf. So is this something I should be worried about, or is it just going to pass? Well, I, the short answer is yes. Uh, until today was a decent bounce-back day with the three-home run day. But, I mean, we're sitting in the basement oh. as far as, as far as you know, home runs in the league, which is not, a, you know, obviously we've had Ortiz over the years. Um, Hanram, you know, we one of the big questions coming into the year was how they're going to replace the power numbers with Ortiz not in the lineup. Um, and so far, it doesn't look like they are, you know, that there are other ways to win for sure, but the power numbers are not there. We're sitting dead last with home runs in the league. Um, today, three home run day with Mitch, Mookie, and Hanram all delivering, which is, that was, maybe that's a breakthrough, you know, but, um, I mean, and obviously, yeah. go ahead. Mookie's definitely turned the corner this week, I think, you right. know, and even towards the end of ha- last week, where he got like a couple, three games in a row, and he knew he was just starting to click in, and I'm not worried about him uh, in the least. So I was in transit today. I, m- I missed that. Hanram 
Uh, that's good. So hopefully that gets him off the schneid. Yeah, hopefully so. We'll see. We will see what happens. But it, I mean, the and the the biggest thing is the the runs too. I mean, they're they're not they're not what we're accustomed to seeing. So, um, you know, they're just not generating runs at the clip that we've become accustomed to. So, I think yes is the and, answer to that. You should be worried. Uh, and you know, I thought also we were going to be more of a running team this year, and you know, maybe we could manufacture some runs when the bats aren't going so good. But right, I mean, I like you know doing some hit and runs now and again but you'd think they do it more i mean we have we have definitely it's a more youthful team and it's definitely packed with a lot more speed than a lot of teams have had over the years too so who knows i mean the season the season's still young i mean they're playing decent ball uh but certainly some areas to uh to improve on no question about that brother no. Yeah, especially when you go on this stretch where you're playing all these AL East teams. Now we got a tough stretch coming up again with these Yankees, uh, Reserve Bronx Bombers. Yeah, yeah. That's looking looking at the week ahead. We got three with the uh, the Yanks starting on Tuesday, and then we got uh, three against the Cubs, which would be a nice little series in the town. of That Bates. is a crazy when you, when you think about. You know, the end of the week, obviously, having the defending world champs in here. And then also, but these Yankees are, you know, they, they've already put together, I think, an eight-game win streak earlier this year. And they got some mashers. That judge kid, I mean, he is like an NFL tight end. And he is hitting some bombs. He's a beast. I mean, the, we talked about it, I know, earlier this year, too. And I'm sure you and Ben have gone into it, too. I mean, the Yanks they always find a way to be in the mix. They're always, you know, they're, they're never not in the conversation and uh, here they find themselves again, you know, right there in the thick of it. So should be a good series. Kinda, really, I'm ready. It for really it. makes me sad because, because, you know, if, if they did, if they weren't able to make those moves, uh, you know, at the deadline last year and just totally stock up that farm system, right. Then we'd be looking at like maybe two more seasons of mediocrity, but, the Steinbrenners got out of Brian Cashman's way, and much to the detriment of the Red Sox. Yeah, it's a real bummer, man. Let me ask you <laughs> a, uh, a hypothetical. I know uh, David okay. Price, it looks like he's going to be throwing another bullpen sesh tomorrow. How are you feeling yeah. about uh, David Price as far as the season goes? Over or under? I'll give you an over or under on Price. for his, David Price starts this season for the Red Sox. Five. Over or under? Oh, I'm going over. You're going to take the over on that. All right, more likely scenarios. Do you think he'll destroy his elbow and require surgery, miss the rest of the year and part of next year, not return until the end of the season, be marginally effective and just barely in the conversation as a starter in the playoffs, or return, say, maybe June and be dominant and just the Sox have a trio of starters that's just completely silly? Well, I'm certainly hoping for that last one. You right. know, I, I think it's kind of smart um, to, you know, just be cautious with that guy at this point. Right. I mean, it'd be one thing if, if the Sox came out of the gate like, you know, the, the Blue Jays and there was a little bit of panic time setting in because you didn't want to get too far behind. But, you know, they're still kind of hovering in that two to three games over 500 place. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you can kind of maintain that, and then you can add a David Price into the mix, and we all think the the bats are going to come around, right? And you know, be moving in the right direction. The thing that does um, kind of 
somewhat excite me about Price is that if his track record in the playoffs is not that good. Right. You know? So maybe some of that's a little bit of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. If this guy if this guy doesn't get it going till till June tenth, then come you know, October tenth, knock wood, this guy's gonna be in mid season form. I mean, that would be certainly be the best case scenario. I don't know how optimistic I am about it. Um but a good sign April, today with E Rod. April April is the best case scenarios, my friend. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm with you on that. Rose colored lenses. Post 04 Mike Conley, as you like to call yourself. Post 04 Mike Conley. Um, oh, yeah. A couple good signs today, though. As far as the offense, uh, everyone's favorite outfielder, Ben Attendee, 5 for 5. Um, I don't know if he's oh, everyone's my. favorite outfielder, but I mean, the kid's a stud. 5 for 5, no big deal. Um, or maybe it was maybe, maybe just a five hit day. I don't know if he had an extra hit back. Um, and then Erod coming off the uh, paternity leave pitched a pretty solid game. Six innings pitched, one hit. Um, you know, got to feel good about that. That's really encouraging. Yeah, because of all the starters we've seen right now, um, he's been the one that really hasn't shown it. I mean, yeah, Stephen Wright, but with the knuckleball, you just that's going to figure itself out, and that guy will. You know, he'll still be around, you know, 15 wins with an ERA in the mid to high threes, and that's what you want out of him, you know. Right, hopefully so. Um, but Erod hopefully turning a corner here, and, you know, especially in a situation like this where, you know, it's really a, an opportunity to, to show some a stop on mentalities, you know, being on a two-game skid and trying to avoid a sweep in a series. Because mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's winning baseball. They, you know, we talk all the time about, win every series, win every series. But the ones you lose, you have to make sure you don't get swept because that's just a real shift in the old standings right there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think nail on head. And, I mean, we've talked so much about him being the X factor. It's just great to see him come out and deal. And I think, I don't know about you, I mean, I sometimes forget how young this kid is too. I mean, I I think he's 24 years old. So we've seen him a lot. Yeah, it's, we've seen we've seen a lot from him and we've seen some, you know, some really great signs. So if he can be, you know, anywhere near his best or what we've hoped for him, I mean, I think that, you know, the rotation will be looking pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. What else have we got, Miguel? Um, I, I This has been a tiny kid, though. He's just, uh, you know, I'm kind of eating my words on him because, I remember saying, like, last year before he came up, I was like, we got to hang on to Mankata, mm-hmm. but we can steal Ben Attendee. Oof. Was I wrong on that? That's why they didn't listen to me. The kid is – it's silly. It's silly. And his confidence to boot, I mean, it's just – he just – as was the story kind of from, from day one, from Jump Street, as the kids say, he's just cool as a cucumber out there. Um, and, I mean, it shows. You know, he's just – Kid seems completely unrattled, and he just the kid's been delivering on all fronts. So, pretty exciting stuff. JBJ coming back this week too. Talking about the outfield, came back, and then you know the day after he turns, hits a bomb. That's always good to see. A little bombage out of him. Yeah, yeah I mean, just going back to Benatelli to button up that real quick is, um, yeah, that that mixture of confidence, but confident but quiet. Oh man, that's going to go a long way in Boston. And carry and you, a big you stick. Add on, you add on top of that major league salad, this guy. That I salad. Mean, he is 
he has got to be crushing it around the greater Kenmore area. That's all I can say. You know, Fair Daisy enough. Buchanan's, they're just lining up for him. Now. Fair enough. Does that place still exist? I, I can't confirm or deny. I, it's been a few years out here on the West Coast. They may, I That's think nowadays true. they just go over to Game On. It's a lot closer, you know. There you go. There you go. Striking distance. Striking distance. But, yeah, it should be an interesting week. Kind of a couple fun series coming up. Um, Porcello on the bump tomorrow. Hopefully he – I mean, he he pitched better his last outing. Um, but yes. we'll, see. His, we'll see. his last outing was very encouraging. And, uh, you know, bad luck on that one with the three unearned runs. Right. And, you know, his start previous to that, you were starting to think like, oh, is this, is this going to be kind of a fallback here? So it was great to see him kind of come out with that, um, really that ace mentality of, all right, the team kind of let me down because they're booting the ball around the yard here in the second inning. Mm-hmm. But he calmed down, and he was just lights out after that. But right. That was another where those anemic bats couldn't really uh, produce and you know, kind of left him on the hook for that one. So yeah. no bats, no, no gloves that day, just all pitching. Getting it done one way or another, though, right? You gotta, you gotta do yep. it, man. You gotta. So he'll he'll be going on Tuesday, and then uh, then Sale. we got Palmer. Sale on Wednesday. Sale versus Tanaka. Oh. So look, right as it sets up right now on Tuesday, it'll be uh, so we get the day off tomorrow. Uh, we being the Red Sox, not you or I. Uh, Porcello against Severino. Then you got Sale versus Tanaka. And Pomerantz uh, on Thursday versus Sabathia. So interesting. Yeah, Wednesday nights on ESPN for all you non-Bostonians. Oh yeah, and then sale, the Cubbies baby. come to. Yeah, like, that should be a fun it. series, baby. Looks oh like... yeah, I'm sure there's there's a ton of Cubbies fans coming out the Fenway for that one. I would imagine. Oh yeah, that'll be a a good series to be in town for. Fenway will be World alive. Two. World Series preview question mark? Ooh, I don't know. What do you think? See, I don't know. I mean, I feel good about the Cubs more so than the Sox. We'll see, though. We'll see. Season's young. Yeah. Season's young. What else I, you got I in the docket that, uh, out there in the ATL, baby? It, it's 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 tough to repeat, you know, for the Cubs. Right. So I, that that's what I say in there. A bunch of young kids, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe they potty too much. But when you look around that NL Central, it's kind of slim pickings. The, the, the Cardinals are kind of on a downturn. Seems like the same with the Pirates. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Cincinnati's ready to emerge yet. But Cincinnati, it's a long yeah. season. It is a long season. I mean, we have, as we've talked about, kind of, you know, every show I've been around here, we have all the pieces. It's just, uh, what, you know, a question of whether it all comes together, which I guess, you, you know, we're fortunate enough to be fans of one of those teams where they put the pieces in place. Um, whether this team has that juju or not, we'll see. Maybe it all starts with the, you know getting fired up today in Baltimore, and we'll see. Maybe the day that Barnes went for the chin music is the day we'll remember as a uh... turning point. Exactly. The uh, let me let me ask you this question, my friend. Uh, will we see Blake Swihart up with the Major League Club this season? I think at some point you're going to see him. Yeah, I mean I, I, I'm. 
curious to see how the catching duties are going to continue to be divided because Vasquez continues to uh, produce certainly behind the dish, um, and he's been hitting. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but Sandy's gone cold, and you know both those guys are studs defensively behind the dish. But yeah, yeah, you wonder if they'll save a more of a. 60 40 split with the guy that's got the back going out of those two because right. it's it's pretty uh you know uh, almost a wash defensively although i give a slight edge to vasquez on that one uh but you know if if there's other guys not hitting in the lineup maybe there's a situation in the dog days where we'll have a little sly hot up to do a little catching uh yeah maybe a maybe a DL stint for sandy leone but i wonder if we'll see him up i mean he'll definitely be up by the the September first call up but for sure. I'm eager to see we, we see him uh, at all before that. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to see him get some appearances. Uh, you know, the early returns from him were solid, and then we did that maybe uh, that maybe it was ill advised, but throwing him out in the outfield, and then he had the preseason kind of issues with you know some of the yips that was kind of looked like it was just short lived, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at some point. I don't know. It might be too early to bail on old Sandy at this point. I mean, he could just get hot and start hitting, you know, 600 for a couple months. Um, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see how it shapes the, um, I did want to just chime in and kind of uh, clean up, do a little housekeeping for something I missed last week. Yeah, buddy. Uh, there was a gentleman whose name is escaping me at this point uh, who hit us up on the uh, YouTube page, was asking us for uh, – some fantasy questions out there if we could we can give them any fantasy tips and i had some for them last week now they're kind of a week old i teased them on the show and then i never gave them so that's just like you know i gave uh podcast blue balls to whoever that gentleman was i just want to apologize and say that i probably would have said taylor motta um motter for those that uh, uh from boston and uh of seattle who's playing because uh, sean jean segura is injured right now he's playing shortstop Segura's coming back, but you can't take that kid out of the lineup. He's still going to get some at-bats because he's raking. He's going to become more of a utility guy, which will make him even more valuable in fantasy. So I like him. I also like Steven Souza, who's gone off to a good start. Uh, he's cutting down on his strikeouts and increasing his walk rate. And this is a guy that, uh, you know, was hyped as a, you know, a big stud prospect, you know, just three, four years ago. Right. So these are the guys got to keep an eye on some guys it takes a couple years in the bigs to, to really figure it out and it seems like he's doing that and the uh the rays are benefiting the rays fair enough man good sounds like uh some good advice there i cannot match your uh your wits in terms of the fantasy juju you're damn straight <laughs> anything else to add uh, it looks like we're just about uh wrapping it up here it's true it's true um I don't think uh, I got anything else. I will talk to you offline after this, uh, after we wrap it up, but uh, I'll leave you to it. Sounds good, brother. Well, yeah, thanks again. Thanks for calling in from the ATL. For Mike Colney, guys, I'm Dennis Harris here in the studio. Appreciate it. This has been another episode of Red Sox Rap 360. We'll see you guys next week. Go Sox. Go Sox, baby. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.